Because you know, I find myself singing that intro music. Dun, 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 dun. You know what? We're gonna record. <laughs> We're gonna keep this in there too. I love that intro music. <laughs> my, so my daughter and I were like, when I first started the podcast, we we're like, because that I went to. Gosh, what was the name of that thing? It was like you could buy a license for it. Because I'm like, oh, if I'm gonna do a podcast, I have to make sure I buy the license for it. And they have like that. That tune is like five different types of tunes. But I'm like, it just it sticks in my head to this day. And I, every time I turn on, I'm like, oh, I want to listen to that a little bit. <laughs> like, it's just funny. Yeah. It's perfect. It's a- like a commercial, commercial jingle. It sticks in your head. <laughs> Forever. A.M. Adair. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Protectors Podcast, Season 4, Episode 290-something. We're almost at 300. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Now, I'm excited to have you. Anybody who's like served our country and who has like writing books and everything, there's a lot in common with the audience, a lot in common with me. I really enjoy it. And you have like this diverse background, like Intel spooky stuff. Huh? Let's talk about you. Let's get that 30,000 foot view overview of you, but then we're going to dive deep. Okay. All right. Uh, so, you know, Cliff Notes version, I had zero interest in the military growing up. I really did. Um, it wasn't in the cards. I actually thought I was going to be an actor. Uh, so it didn't quite work out that way. So, um, uh, September 11th kind of changed my plans as it did for a lot of people. And uh, that day when the, when uh, everything changed for all of us, I realized I was not only very patriotic, but very angry. So I decided to enlist in the Navy and I mostly did it because I told them I wanted to travel, learn foreign languages and jump out of planes if they would let me. And I don't think the recruiters really knew what to do with that. Um, MEPS didn't know what to do with me either, but somehow I made it to boot camp. And the first night there, I sat on my rack after lights out and just had that, what did I do moment? And <laughs> ever since then, I, I kept telling myself, I was like, oh, okay, you know, I said, it's one tour. I'll keep doing this as long as I like it. And now here it is 20 years later, and I'm looking at retirement in a few months. So it's been a wide, a really, really wild ride. I'm sure. And acting, you know, it's never too late to start acting. As you know, I've been <laughs> in a very, very low budget movie myself, uh, Clown <laughs> Motel 2. So I am now a bona fide actor. I have a few lines. I'm not going to get a SAG card because it wasn't a SAG movie. But hey, you know what? <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm an actor. I'm going to tell myself that. But, you know, your career wasn't just, hey, you know what? I'm going to join a Navy. You're doing Intel. You're doing some good stuff. And I know we're not going to really get into that too deep because a lot of the TS world, you got to be kind of careful, especially if you're still active duty. But one thing you are is you're part of the most elusive, the elusive cadre in the military, which is the chief warrant officer. (laughs) Are you referring to the, all the adages that, you know, I see the warrant officers cover on their desk, so they must be here, even though we haven't seen them today. Yes. The, the, the warrant officer is almost like, a E4 mafia. <laughs> it's so it's uh, we're, we're a little bit more evolved than that. We've learned how to, you know, set up our emails to send emails. So it looks like we're in the office and, you know, uh, multiple coffee cups. So there's another illusion. Somehow uh, it's not done though. <laughs> 
It's true. It's true. And am I military intelligence warrant officer must be really cool too. It must be a really good gig to get into. You live in both of the the best parts of Intel. Did you learn a language when you were in? You know, I didn't. Um, I'm one of those people. I pick up things uh, conversationally once I've immersed into it, but I'm sure you know this. It's a, it's a perishable skill. So now I will recognize phrases. I will recognize languages. I will know what's being said. I just won't be able to respond. Um, and I kind of kick myself for letting all that atrophied, but. Now you're, you're writing your active duty and your writing and it's fiction. And a lot of people have this illusion that, oh my gosh, if you're active duty, you're writing, or you're part of anything TS world, you have to get it cleared. But when it comes to the fiction world now, you don't. Oh, actually, so, I still do. I still have oh, to get do? it cleared by the Pentagon. Yeah. Oh, yuck. So I think the one thing that gives me a little bit of an advantage is because I am not writing anything that I actually, that anybody looks at my record and can say, oh, she did that. Um, I, my protagonist is CIA. I was never CIA. Um, I'm also pretty good at figuring out classification and what could be or could not be and avoiding that, which yeah. my, my editor goes nuts. Like, can't you add more detail? No, no, I can't. <laughs> um protagonist oh you gotta see the, the protagonist <laughs> yes. mug my favorite word ever is protagonist so i i protagonist everything shirts mugs everything and your protagonist is l anderson a female protagonist i like that too there's not enough female protagonists out there and there's not enough female protagonist movies out there so hint hint all those hollywood types out there and there's a there's a couple little feelers out there we'll see if l ever graces the big screen but yeah, I, I had the same thing. Is like I wanted a female protagonist that wasn't the damsel in distress. That wasn't. There was no. I have to wait for the guy to rescue me. I'm not in this for a love connection. I, I really wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, not just for myself, but I'm hoping. You know, I have a nine year old daughter. Someday I would like her to be able to have something that's kind of an action hero esque character that's a woman and not just a cartoon character or. Yeah comic book mm -hmm. yeah there's like, there's only so many wonder women out there and stuff like that yeah and not everybody can be gal gadot way. oh i know <laughs> you know my daughter's 11 and it's like the same way i want her to be like a hero and she's like really into soccer she loves alex morgan and everything else she's like reading a real book on it i'm like you're 11 but it's like they we need more and that's why i'm very pro uh female uh in military in law enforcement and everything because it's it's not a one dimensional world anymore and it shouldn't be, you know, I say, I think that's, it's, it has its challenges, but it has its advantages too. So it's all about really the opportunities you make for yourself. Absolutely. Now when you said you wanted to be in acting, but was writing in your past as well? Uh, I have been writing little stories for as long as I can remember. Now, whether I actually any at any time seriously thought I'm going to write a book, I can't say I ever did. It was just like I remember keeping a diary and writing it as if I was telling a story just because it was fun for me that way. And I never really expected it to go anywhere because that was real diary thoughts. You know, I was going to hide it under the bed and make sure nobody ever saw it ever. But um then I just kind of sat down one day and started writing a story thinking, Hey, I could probably flesh this out. And this is a lot of fun. And I stutter stepped about a million times and it just wasn't working. And eventually I let the characters speak them for themselves. And it just 
flowed and it became fun. It was like, what's going to happen next? When you're developing this character and you've been around the world, you've seen mm-hmm. a lot of things here and there. How close a reality are you trying to get? And we're not talking TTPs here, but we're trying to talk about like, not like the James Bond, because you're in the espionage world. You're in the, mm-hmm. the agency world. You're in a spooky world with your character, your protagonist. Mm-hmm. How close to, you know, is it going to be a realistic story where we're like, oh my gosh, or is it going to be like, you know, Fast and Furious 9, they're driving a Fiero <laughs> to the moon. <laughs> now, it's like, actually, it, I intentionally do it at the tactical level and put a lot of realism into it because I wanted it to feel real. I, I mean, it's fiction. It is entirely fiction, but it is colored by my own experiences. So I, I hopefully that carries across in the story. Um, but there's a lot of things that happen in the book that I either experienced myself or somebody close to me did and relayed their stories. So then I just kind of used it as flavor and you know, uh, enrichment to the scenery. Now your military career, was it like human? Or were you like all source? Mm-hmm. Or are you all over the place? I started all source like we all do in the Intel world. And then in 2006, I was actually the first woman to go through the Marine Corps CI Humit course. And it ever since then, it's been a series of, well, kicking doors open. So that way I have opportunities to do the job they train me to do. Uh, it was, it's not easy when you're the first, you know, there's a lot of hesitation. Uh, there's the change is scary. And so I had to, repeatedly prove myself, uh, earn their trust and get out and get, get the job done. Um, the bright side of all that is now that there's a whole cadre of kids that are so much better than I ever was who now just can go right through those doors. They don't have to worry about kicking them in first. I'm glad you said that. Cause you know, I, <laughs> I like to go back and like, as, like I said before, I'm 49. So I'm like, I remember the eighties and the nineties there was still so much like anti everything and so much like, you know, uh, just craziness when it came to trying to break down barriers And that that is one. If there is one positive that came from the GWAT is that it shows that women and men can do so much of the same things on a battlefield, so much of the same things outside the wire. Um, so, yeah, and it does open a lot, especially in a human world. There is a lot that a woman can do. And I'm, I'm not just, it's not stereotypical. It's like a lot of time, it doesn't matter your gender. We're not going there, but we're saying when it comes to passion and compassion and talking to another female in the field, it's a little bit different than when you have this like six foot two Marine guy who may be the best human guy in the world. And then you bring in you and it's like, oh, okay. No, you're, you're right. And I think this is probably the one world, uh, the one facet where it is okay to acknowledge that, yes, it is absolutely different to have a woman involved because you want that. You know, you don't want that, you know, high and tight wearing, you know, guy walking into the room with somebody who's already terrified because chances are they're going to get a little more nervous um, just by legacy of Marines alone. Uh, you know, when a woman walks in, it's naturally <laughs> disarming. But then again, you know, that my acting chops did come into uh, to play with all that. So um, you sit in an interrogation interrogation booth. Um, I can be whatever I need to be in that moment. And so that that skill set actually ended up playing out with real life consequences. 
Hey, you need to check out FaradayDefense.com. Shop FaradayDefense.com. I was able to link up with them at SHOT Show, and their products are top-notch. Now, I already have two. I have their, their dry bag, and I have a Faraday sleeve. I love them. They prevent anything I have from being hacked or any other in electronic pulses. But their gear and everything is just top-notch. Please check out ShopFaradayDefense.com. They are available online and they have all sorts of protective products for your electronic goods. I also want you to check out Health to the Rescue. Right now, it is right in the middle of flu season. Things are going crazy. Your natural immunity is out of whack because there's no sun. Get your vitamin D. Now, check it out. Health to the Rescue not only supplies U.S.-made supplements, but they donate $5 from every bottle they sell to fight human trafficking. Now, do we see L, your protagonist, doing a lot of interrogation type stuff? There's a lot of like, you know, direct action slash interrogation. Or let's let's talk about the protagonist. What are we going to read here? Because I'm, I'm picking up the books today. I'm going to pick up the first two. And then I know you're going to send me that third one. I, I know it once it clears, it's ready to go. <laughs> I got to add it to my shelf. I will absolutely send it to you. And um, I, I hope you really enjoy it. I actually, I was really hoping you, I know you do the radio voice thing where you could do the reading in the back, but you know, I can. Oh, absolutely. As soon as I, I get that, that, hold on. This is shadow game. <laughs> L. Anderson waited until he's right on top of her. When he turned to yell for security, she shot her blade across the back of his ankle, cutting his Achilles tendon. The shock robbed him of his voice, and his body went crashing to the ground. She covered his mouth and slit his throat. Hell yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Bravo. Bravo. Uh, it's like, uh, my character definitely gets her hands dirty. Uh, there's a lot in the book. The first book, there's a lot of buildup. So there's a lot of uh, how did the mission get put together? How does she select her target list? How do we get where we are? And then it is it is action. Uh, I, once it really, really kicks off and she's out doing her missions, it does not relent. And that's what I like. I, I really like that kind of pacing. Um, and then book two picks up right after, uh, book one ends and then same thing, book three, I am right there, right when book two ends. And I, I kind of end things on a little bit of a twist and I want to, I'm not going to give that one away, but I think anybody who's a fan of thrillers are pretty, I'll enjoy it. Now I'm looking forward to it. There is a lot of really good thrillers with the military background. Mm -hmm. And anybody who's listened to the podcast, like the Jack Cars, Brad Taylors, you know, Andrews and Wilson, I love those guys. Yep. And, you know, there's like a lot of really good ones. And the ones who aren't military, like Mark Greeny is so good at like learning his characters and supporting the community big time. Oh, you this know, community so, is great. Yeah, it's a lot oh. different than I expected, believe me. They went, uh, like I, I went all fangirl, of course, and I, I uh, listened to all your Jack Carr and Anders and Wilson, <laughs> which those guys were phenomenal. They actually did a blurb for me for this third book. So they'll they'll have a little blurb on on my cover. And uh, they, they've just been nothing but supportive. And then I listened to Eric Bishop, which he's actually going to kill me in his next book, which is. Fantastic. I know. I heard that you won the kill. Uh, Eric and I were, were he's going to start taking over the, well, not taking over. He's going to help me with the um, protectors book club to help me get that back up and running good. Eric's a good dude. And he's, yeah. he's, he's just, he's like, yeah, Amy won the, uh, the, what do you call it? 
getting killed in a book. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. <laughs> well, that's how you know you have true thriller fans because how many people get excited about you know having to read their own death? I mean, this this is going to be fantastic. I tell you that this thriller community is incredible. I did the Mitch Rap podcast, No Holds Barred or something like that. I did that last night on their show. We we're just talking about thrillers and stuff. And the excitement, if this reminds me like when I was a kid and I'd be reading comics and something cool would be coming out. And that's the same way with this genre. And the cool thing about it is you could read so many books. It's not like, you know, one book comes out, you read it and you're done. With this one, you read Jack Carr, you go on to Brad, uh, Brad Thor, Brad Taylor, Vince Flynn, everything. There's and now A.M. Adair. <laughs> I, I love the fact that I was just even mentioned in the same sentence as those guys. That's that's kind of a dream come true. Uh, you're going to end up on a protector shelf over here. It's going to be great. Uh, anybody who's first listening to the show or not, I have a huge shelf over here, and I've got every shelves, I should say, every author that's been on the show. And I just, I don't know, I just love talking to authors. I, I love writing. And if you ever want to get into writing, do it. And let's talk about your writing process. Are you like, hey, you know what? I'm going to get sticky notes. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. My protagonist, you like, you map out your whole protagonist thing, or, or how do you do it? So, truthfully, how this all came to be, it was like I had a scene in my head that kept playing out over and over again after and it, something happened in Iraq on my last deployment. And I was like, oh man, what if this happened? And I just kind of expounded on that a little bit. And I really kind of approached the first book and how I was going to lay out the series, almost like my character did. I made my target list. I said, here's how, who I would go and I would want to kill if I was going after these people. And then I made my characters like what kind of cast, who would I want around me to be able to support that effort? And then I just let the characters speak. And my first book, don't get me wrong. I love it. Shadow Game is um, it was my debut. It'll always be near and dear to my heart. But I was still learning my craft at that point. And so I look back at it now. I'm like, oh, I could have done that better. Um, so I might even revisit it here soon. Um, but then with the deeper shadow, I really felt like I was coming into it. And I kept going. I was like, OK, after what I put my protagonist through in book one, which she goes through quite a bit, um, how would I react? And then in book two, I really she deals with trauma. And I don't pull any punches when it comes to post-traumatic stress. Um, and I don't treat it in the conventional sense. It isn't the I've gone and become, you know, homeless or hyper-violent or, you know, devolved into drug addictions. It's, it's I'm still trying to operate by pretending that everything's fine, which many of us have done. Mm -hmm. And then uh, in book three, I really, really am proud of how that one turned out. I think I've learned uh, my editor eviscerates me brutally with each draft. So um, th this last one, it was a lot less painful. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing I learned a thing or two, um, but I, I'm going to keep right on going. And I've already kind of started messing with book four. I am so glad we linked up because I'm, I'm excited to follow your career because you're about to go on to the transition yeah. and I'm going to give you the transition speech and you've probably heard it before. And it's like, cause it took me years to get over this because you know, the military was part of my life and it was a bookmark. It was a chapter. It was a chapter with a lot of different bookmarks in it. Cause I was an IR guy that got recalled and I never thought I'd be revisiting the military in my life until I did. And then I did went over to Iraq and some other stuff. But 
you're moving on. You're going to be closing this chapter. It's always going to be there. It's always going to be part of your book. And now you're transitioning into the civilian world and you're going to use it. And it's going to be incredible. But as long as you remember that that's a chapter and it's not your identity. And now your identity is going to be veteran, but thriller author, soon to be best-selling author, soon to be this, <laughs> soon to be that, acting phenomena, and a bunch of other stuff. And it's um, that's why I'm excited. Are you excited for this transition? You have to be. I know you're going to miss it. We all miss the military. We miss the certain things of it. But this must be a, a really neat time because now you're building. Your book's going to release then months later, you're going to get out. Yep. I I am completely excited about it. Um, there is a part of me that is a little sad to see it come to an end. I, I think I'm going to miss the people more than anything else. But at the same time, I'm ready. Um, my husband and I are both active duty. We're going to retire at the same time. Sorry, my golden retriever keeps knocking into my desk. Um, so it's going to be a big transition for us all at once, but you know, it'll be good. Um, neither of us will be a strap hanger. We'll be both veterans and retired together. Um, and then it, we're both on to what's next. Yeah. He's, he's got big plans and then I'm going to keep writing and explore some other, you know, film aspects that I've started dabbling into. And then I've also put it in for an internship with deliver fund. So oh, hopefully awesome. in the next couple of months, I might go and, uh, start hunting those guys, hunt some human traffickers. Well, I'm going to give my deliver fund speech now. <laughs> so <laughs> deliver funds, a big supporter of the show and they actually provide financial support to keep the show going, which is incredible, but they're on the forefront of, and this is for everybody out there. AM knows this, but they're in the forefront of hunting traffickers. If they're doing the intelligence piece of it, they're not vigilantes. If you follow anything they do, they are not the, they, while yes, there are former CIA and Naval Special Warfare and everything else involved, but they're not the vigilante types and they're actually providing intel to law enforcement. So I really, mm -hmm. really support them. No, it's it. I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's all about the connections, the people you know. And I actually found out about Deliver Fund because Mike Fully Love and Sal Hernandez and I all used to work together and I've kind of <laughs> kept track of them. <laughs> So this opportunity came up and we'll see if it pans out. I mean, if not, then I have plans to keep writing. And then if everything falls through, I'm going to go really crazy and go work in a bookstore. And well, <laughs> that is an excellent idea. So let's talk. What what are the books in order and where can we find them? So uh, it's Shadow Games, the first book. And Deeper Shadow, The Deeper Shadow is book two. Uh, and Shadow War is book three. All of them are available on Amazon. I've done both uh, paper paperback, Kindle, and I've also got audiobooks for book one and book two. So whatever your flavor of reading preference, they are out there. And I will be doing the same with Shadow War as well. Awesome. Well, everybody follow you on social media. Where are you at? Oh, I'm pretty much everywhere. So I have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And actually, I have to thank uh, Stan R. Mitchell and Jeff Wilson for uh, helping me figure out the whole Twitter thing because <laughs> uh, it's difficult being an Intel guy and then putting myself out there into uh, the public eye. I still get anxiety every time I push publish on anything, like read it at least a million times, but they've been extremely helpful and welcoming. Awesome. Well, I'm excited and we're going to keep in touch. And I appreciate you coming on the show. This is awesome. Yeah, 
happy to be here like anytime. Fellow thespian.